What's up, my disabled disciples? Welcome back to the Candy Schlapped Show. I am your host, the Reverend Jordan Schrader. And today we're going to take a little break from the relationships series. I'm going to discuss one of my recent sermons. Coming right up on Handy Schlapped. Stay tuned. Alright everyone, here we are. Today is Thursday, June 17th, 2021, and as I said, we're going to take a little break from the Relationships series today, and I'm going to uh, go through again one of my past sermons that I did a couple weeks ago at my local church, and just kind of podcastify it here with y'all, and just kind of relate it with um, the disabled life and everything we go through every day and you know everything different and uh stuff that we talk about right here on the handy schlapped show once again i am your host reverend jordan schrader and right now we're going to talk actually a little bit about relationships actually we're going to open it up a little bit on the beauty of relationships and um, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks uh, relationships, they are so beautiful, very beautiful, and especially with all the love pouring out from all of you who have been sharing with me about your, I hate to use this, but your interabled relationship with um, your significant other and how your relationship is just so full of love and joy and care for each other and coming out of the shadows saying here here's my relationship here's my relationship here's my relationship uh, to see that excuse me to see that has been so wonderful and just how common these type of relationships really are and that brought me so much hope you know i go through a lot of struggles myself with will there be a relationship and marriage in my life maybe yes maybe no and at my point i doesn't really matter to me anymore as much as it used to i'm blessed either way whether i go into marriage or stay being single but i know your struggle that are still in that area uh, feeling like you're going to be single forever feeling like there is no partner God has for you or feeling as if there is just no partner you can connect with in general. And I know your pain. I feel it. I go through it every single day. But I tell you, there is hope. From all the outpour of love from everyone sharing their photos of them and their partner, it's possible and it's real. You no, know, relationships, they are a very beautiful thing. But you know what? Relationships are also very tough. Um, they're very tough and there's a lot of struggles in relationships you gotta keep the communication going you have to always make sure y'all are on the same page uh, 20 years later you're fighting over the bed sheets and the blankets uh, he's getting too much blanket no you're getting too much blanket you know it's just a lot of stupid things like that but that's what makes the relationships so spicy you know um, after a while, you know, the puppy love stage is gone. You start to notice more faults within your partner or even more faults within yourself. 
And then, of course, like every other relationship, you have to go through all the accountability. You have to be accountable for your actions, accountable for the things that you do, accountable for the things that you say, and uh, trusting each other. As much as that's difficult, it's also a key concept in any relationship is that accountability and that trust to keep things going, to keep things past the honeymoon phase, uh, past all the butterflies when those start to dwindle down a little bit, you know? It's the same kind of thing when you become a new Christian. When you become a new Christian, it's how we look at God and how we look at Christ. When you're a new Christian, you're so on fire for it, just like a relationship, right? You're all on fire for the relationship, and you just want to spend every waking moment in that relationship and just want nothing but that partner. You want to be in their presence. You want to be on their good side. You just want to have all the time in the world with this partner. Very similar to becoming a new Christian. You become a new Christian and you're all on fire for Christ. You want nothing but to become the closest to Christ you could ever become. And you just want nothing but to share the gospel with other people and love and joy with them. You know, I just want to share God's love for them. And with that said, to get that fire going, it's not about it's not just about the kindling of it, but in any relationship, to keep things on the move, interesting and always changing. It's about desire. It's always about that desire for each other, that mutual desire for one another. And you know, at my church, we've been talking a lot about desiring Christ, desiring God. What does that look like in a relationship with us and God? What does that really come out to? And the best way I always like to explain it is that it's like any kind of relationship. You know, God loves us, God desires us, and we are to return that favor. Not just to do things because we're told to, or out of obligation, but out of desire. For God calls us to it. Um, in the Bible, and in the Old Testament specifically, there's this set of standards um, for God's people called the law. Now, I'm going to oversimplify everything, of course. But when you look at the Old Testament, you know, the Old Testament, you think of like Genesis, uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, you think about uh, Noah's Ark. Um, and you think about those kind of stories. Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Those kind of examples. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the uh, fathers of uh, God's people and his faith, you could say. And there's this thing called the law, which is a standard that God set for his people for them to observe. You know, this is where some of you may look at it as like all the ridiculous rules and regulations uh, that they had back then in the Old Testament. Maybe it's um, you can't wear two different fabrics combined together. 
or you can't eat certain meats on this holiday, or you think of the word sacrifice, you think of the words burnt offerings, and um, animal sacrifices, all these wild things that you think, wow, this is something a religious nutcase would do nowadays. And um, in certain contexts, I totally understand what you're talking about. Today, that might seem very extreme to uh, do certain things on certain days or to wear certain clothings or uh, bleeding from your body makes you this unclean, dirty thing. You know, we see a lot of that in scripture, especially the Old Testament law. And But there's reasons for that in the right context. You see, the law of God is also the heart of God. When you look at the heart of God, the heart of God is holy, as in um, pure. You look at, at it with righteousness, and the law and the heart of God is good, as in complete. It's perfect. There is nothing bad about it. It's fulfilled in one sense. But then we look at ourselves, and we live pretty far outside of God's standards. We're all people. We're all human. We're going to do sinful things. We make bad decisions, including myself, every single day. We say things to our parents that we don't mean. We say things to our friends and our loved ones that we don't really mean. We have evil thoughts, dark thoughts, because we're just people. You know, we look at stuff we're not supposed to be looking at, whatever it may be. Biblically speaking, we all live corrupt lives. And no matter how much we try to clean ourselves up, no matter how much we try to present ourselves in a different way, for example, uh, social media, or being behaving a certain way for people to see us differently, or whatever it may be. We don't always want people to know about our shameful, corrupt lives. You know, and it's like, why did God make up these standards if we can't achieve them? You see, God loves us so much, and he chose us to be his people, that he wants to also protect us and separate us from sin and the opposing ways of the world. That's why in the Old Testament you have those weird laws that are, seem very far out there, and you're thinking that's ridiculous. But the reason for that is to separate God's people from the ways of the world or the other nations with the way they were acting, behaving, and living outside of God. God wanted us to be under what his relationship with us represented. You know, it's kind of like when you wear a wedding ring or maybe even a promise ring, if you're into that kind of thing, or uh, just what your relationship is in general. When you're in that relationship with someone, people know y'all belong together whether it's an intimate relationship with a spouse or a partner or a friendship or a family relationship. Part of your identity 
is in the relationships you have. Same thing with God's people. When people see us and try to break down who we are as people in our identities, they are to see that God is part of our identity. And so when we look at why God set up these standards, even though throughout the Bible, especially throughout the Old Testament, God's people over and over again would disobey God, would turn away from God, and want to do things their own way. Just like how we always want to do things our own way or in our own timing. And to really look at this, we're going to read Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. Again, that's Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. Or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives? For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, Jesus, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our desires, so to speak, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if I had not been for the law, this is the Apostle Paul talking, it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet the 10th commandment. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetedness. For apart from the law, sin has died, lies dead, sorry. So I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Okay, that's a mouthful. That's a lot going on there. So what is this law that Paul now refers to in a new perspective, yet that's still valid, even to this day. So it's not that the law is the standard to completely save us. That's impossible. We cannot win God's love through the good things that we do. 
kind of like how we can't earn the love of a parent or the love of a spouse, which is kind of a reason why Paul gives that illustration of a married couple and how they're locked into each other. What the law is, it's like a mirror. The law doesn't lie. The law itself isn't sin. The law itself is God's standard that reveals who we are, like a mirror. The law makes our faults known. It makes our sin known and our struggles known. It is the awareness of sin and our shortcomings. In other words, we look at the law and God's standard and say, man, there's no way I can live up to that. How can God still love me? Now, us as disabled people, we go through this struggle all the time because we're so different and separated from what the norm and standard is of beauty the standard of what is a man, the standard of what is a woman, the standard of what is whatever. We feel like we're an outcast, feeling like there's no way we can live up to certain cultural and societal standards. But God loves us so much more than that. God's grace is so much beyond that. And his blanket of love for all of us goes beyond that. That it's Jesus Christ himself that fulfilled that law on the cross. Because, as we again saw over and over again in Scripture, God's people falling short of his standard, someone had to be the scapegoat. Or better yet, someone had to be take our place. Because if, if you can't fill the law, fulfill the law, Someone's got to go. The unfulfilled law is to go through death. So what this means is it is Christ's sacrifice for us that makes us worthy. Not our works, not our deeds, which come from desire, not obligation, but the love of God through Jesus Christ on the cross that became our substitute that counts. No matter what our disability makes us feel like, feeling like we'll never be enough, we'll never fulfill the way we're supposed to be or whatever nonsense fills our mind. Because of Jesus substituting himself for us and fulfilling the law because someone had to be offered, and it was God himself through his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross, that we are free from the bondage of misery and sin. Don't get me wrong, we're still going to go through trials and tribulations in this life. But because of Christ, we have someone that took our place, and we are saved because of Christ. I encourage you, if you do not yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ, to reach out and pray. He knows our prayers before we even speak them, for God knows our hearts. 
I don't care what you're going through today, what your background is, the color of your skin, the disability you have, the tongues that you speak, the outcasts that you may be. You are loved and you are cherished and you are a real treasure in the eyes of God, regardless of what you may feel about yourself. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all who are listening to this podcast, that they may know you, Lord, and that they may come to you, Lord God. And Jesus, I pray for their well-being, for their health, for their relationships, for them to desire you and to let go of the things that give us anxiety, that give us trouble, that give us worries, and that make us feel bad about ourselves. None of it's true, Lord. We pray for all this and more in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this special side episode of Handy Schlapped. Next week, we're going to try to get back into our Interabled Relationship series. And if you want to continue the conversation, please message me on Facebook uh, slash Jordan Schrader or through YouTube. I have a YouTube page as well. Or we can get that Discord going. Or you can email me at jordanrobert71 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. This is Reverend Jordan Trader. Stay cool. Stay true. Stay safe. And as always, stay classy. God bless.